Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Friday, December 1st Street, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Turning to our weather update, Riverside residents can expect a cooler day ahead, with temperatures reaching a high of 62.7 degrees and dropping to a low of 50.1 by evening. In today's episode, we'll delve into the pressing topics from the Climate Summit in Dubai, where world leaders have gathered to discuss a pivotal issue, overcoming the trust deficit and the complex funding challenges associated with the Loss and Damage Fund, critical to supporting vulnerable nations as they grapple with the effects of climate change. Later, we'll set our sights on the Southern Hemisphere where the massive A23A iceberg has begun its ominous journey into the open ocean near Antarctica. We will explore the potential impacts on marine ecosystems and assess the broader climate change concerns raised by this colossal chunk of ice now adrift. Stay with us as we unfold these stories and more, bringing you the insight you need to stay informed. Turning now to the top story of the day, the climate summit in Dubai has captured the world's attention, stirring up discussions about the significant trust deficit between nations when it comes to addressing climate change. We've got our reporter Ethan with us to dive deeper into the story. Ethan, could you give our viewers an introduction to the current situation? Sure, Grace. Right now, the spotlight is on the United States during this climate summit in Dubai. The U.S. has a long history of high greenhouse gas emissions, which positions it as a pivotal player in the global effort to tackle climate change. Despite President Biden's attempts to step up the U.S.'s climate game, there's a lingering trust deficit. Nations worldwide, and climate advocates in particular, are frankly unsatisfied. They believe the U.S. hasn't lived up to its responsibilities. And when it comes to financial assistance, we've heard that wealthier nations, including the U.S., have made promises to support poorer countries. However, there seem to be some challenges. What's at stake here regarding this help, Ethan? You've hit the nail on the head, Grace. Rich countries have indeed pledged to help developing countries with the transition to cleaner energy and adaptation to climate change impacts. But turning these promises into reality has proven to be quite the ordeal. The creation of the Loss and Damage Fund is pivotal because it's designed to aid those countries that are most vulnerable to the ravages of climate change. Countries like Germany and the UAE have already made significant contributions, but to keep the fund afloat, we're talking about a need for hundreds of billions of dollars every year. And there has to be some debate about who contributes to this fund, right? What's the situation there, and is there pressure on any particular nations? Absolutely, there's pressure, Grace, especially on China, the world's largest current emitter of greenhouse gases. But the issue has many layers. Discussions are ongoing about oversight and governance of the fund, where the funding will come from, how to target the efforts precisely, what burden recipient countries should bear, and how much initial contributions should be. Some propose taxing sales of oil or methane emissions, while others suggest financing through government systems or voluntary contributions from wealthy countries. It seems like a complex issue. Now, successful deployment of the Loss and Damage Fund would require what factors to align, Ethan? Success here depends on three core factors, grace effectively delivering finance, establishing clear governance structures and processes, and ensuring that contributions are substantial enough to tackle the problem's enormity. Without transparency and sufficient funding, the fund could struggle to achieve its objectives. There don't seem to be high hopes for a significant breakthrough at the summit. But is there a silver lining here? Any hope for progress in specific areas? Well, 
expectations might be tempered, but there's always room for progress. The summit could yield advancements in renewable energy deployment and iron out some of the kinks in climate finance issues. It's a matter of countries showing a willingness to cooperate and act. And perhaps, just as importantly, whether they will follow through with those actions after the summit concludes. It certainly sounds like there are some critical discussions ahead. Thanks so much, Ethan, for bringing us that in-depth analysis of key elements at the Climate Summit in Dubai. My pleasure, Grace. Let's keep a close EY on how things unfold. It appears we've got a colossal ice giant on the move, Chloe. A23A, the world's largest iceberg, has decided to set sail into the open ocean from Antarctica. Can you tell us more about this icy behemoth? Absolutely, Grace. A23A is a massive block of ice, stretching about 40 by 32 nautical miles, to give you a sense of scale, that's about the size of Oahu in Hawaii. According to reports from NPR, it's estimated to be up to 1,200 feet thick and has been part of the landscape since it broke off and carried away a Soviet research station in the 1980s, but it's been grounded for decades. Until now, it seems A23A has begun drifting towards the unfrozen ocean. That's intriguing. With such a huge piece of ice moving around, there have to be significant implications for the ecosystem. Could you dive into what this could mean for the marine life and environment down there? That's right, the movement of an iceberg this size is not to be taken lightly. Let's start with the negative as it travels, it has the potential to devastate marine habitats by crushing everything in its path on the ocean floor, leading to almost a complete loss of life in those areas. It may also interfere with the migration paths of animals, such as the emperor penguins, adding to their travel distance and difficulties in finding food. That does sound like quite an impact. Are there any potential benefits this iceberg could bring? Or is it a matter of all doom and gloom? Interestingly, it's not all negative. Though icebergs may pose a threat to certain aspects of the ecosystem, they also have a role in nurturing life. As A23A melts, it releases fresh, cold water into the sea, creating an environment where specific species thrive. We're talking about unique micro-ecosystems supporting icefish to jellyfish and even inviting seabirds like snow petrels. Wow, that's quite the paradox. Shifting gears a bit, we've heard that this iceberg's journey isn't directly caused by climate change. Should we see this as a warning sign for what's happening elsewhere in Antarctica? Absolutely. While A23A's odyssey might not be a direct result of our warming planet, it certainly reminds us of the ongoing and rapid ice loss experienced in other parts of the continent, contributing to rising sea levels. As we know, the loss of ice masses of this nature poses severe consequences for coastal communities worldwide. Truly concerning. Now, on a lighter note, could the melting of such a supergiant iceberg be somehow beneficial to the ocean around it? Indeed, that's a silver lining grace. As A23A melts, it releases not just freshwater but also nutrients and iron into its wake. This injection into the ocean can actually kindle new life in these typically inhospitable regions, stimulating primary production, which can help sequester carbon from the atmosphere. Fascinating. Lastly, what measures do we have in place to mitigate the potential negative effects caused by these wandering ice giants on our oceans? To cushion the blow, we're primarily focusing on combating climate change, which includes reducing greenhouse gas emissions and protecting critical coastal ecosystems like mangroves. We're also looking at bolstering sensitive marine areas, adapting fisheries and coastal communities to these changes, and funding marine research to improve our understanding and means of managing both carbon removal and ocean ecosystems' health. 
A comprehensive approach indeed. Chloe, it's always enlightening to hear your in-depth analysis. Thank you so much for bringing us up to speed on this chilly traveler's tale. It's been a pleasure, Grace. Let's hope A23A can teach us more about our planet as it continues its journey. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in. Here are some other headlines we're following today. Ukraine has unveiled a new approach to move its grain into the world market, defying ongoing Russian threats in the Black Sea. This development underscores the resilience of Ukraine's economy amid the persistent conflict. In the United States, controversy swirls around U.S. Representative George Santos as Congress prepares to vote on whether the allegations of misconduct against him are severe enough to lead to his expulsion, raising questions about the standards of accountability for elected officials. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has given sobering insights during an interview with AP regarding the impending winter season and its anticipated impact on Ukraine's stand against Russian aggression, emphasizing the stark reality faced on the battlefield. Tensions flare in the Middle East as Israeli fighter jets strike Hamas sites in Gaza, moments after a ceasefire fell apart. This quick descent back into violence serves as a reminder of the fragile balance that exists in the region. In U.S. politics, an intense confrontation between Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom reaches a boiling point. Their exchange, laden with sharp policy critiques and personal barbs, exemplifies the current ideological polarization gripping the country. And here's a story that brings a more uplifting perspective. Veterinarians are providing reassurance to dog owners, stating that a recent, mystery, illness affecting dogs might not be as troubling as it seemed. This news comes as a welcome update to pet lovers who can breathe a little easier with the knowledge that the health threat to their furry companions may be less daunting than previously feared. These have been your morning headlines. Stay with us for more updates throughout the day. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4. GPT 3.5 Turbo, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.